My name is Matt Brown. Showtime! And let's start the show. to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is January 6, 2022. First show 2022 and it is going to be a special one for all of us. Before we get into all the special things that are about to unfold, just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So, it's the first show of 2022, and we are so happy and blessed to be here. Yes, we were supposed to have a show on Tuesday, but due to some logistical issues that were not in my control, that show had to be canceled. But we will be back at it this Tuesday, no matter what. But for now, we're talking things basketball to start the 2022 podcasting year for this show. We're going to talk all things NBA, and my goodness, since my last NBA podcast, the league has literally turned upside down. From COVID protocols to players getting so many new players and refs coming in during the COVID surge, we have teams trying to hold on for dear life already, even though we're just in January. And then we have some teams really striving, surprising us, and really exciting us. I mean, the NBA right now is really, what's the word I'm looking for? Intriguing. It really is. It's an absolute free-for-all as we are going to talk about the Lakers' woes. Kyrie Irving coming back for the Nets. Klay Thompson coming back for the Warriors. And yet those two teams are still dominant. We have the Grizzlies making a name for themselves. The Bulls showing they are legit. The Knicks really making a roller coaster ride out of their season. And we just have four of the best and biggest basketball fans to discuss what's taking place in this. A crazy NBA. NBA season. So having said that, the crew is back. David Bach, Alex Ranelio, self are going to talk all things NBA. So let's get to it. Alex, Dolo, and David, it's your guys' turn once again. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Let's start this first podcast of the year off with Talking Things NBA. We have the best, the Productive Conversations basketball crew with us today, representing the best minds in the internet, better than anyone on ESPN, Bleacher Report, you name it. 
It's here, the Productive Conversations crew. So we first have Alex Rinellia with us. What's going on, Alex? My man, glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. And then we have Fresh Faces New Ideas host David Bach. What's up, Bach? Hey, guys. It's good to be talking hoops. Um, I was actually doing talking with one of my coworkers, and I forgot how much fun uh, this stuff is. Hell yes. We're back at it. You know, I'm here in my new place. I'm ready to, you know, get back in this game and let's kick off this new season right now. So, yes, what brings us here today first is the NBA. And then after the last time we had a podcast about a month and change a little bit of a little more than a month ago, the entire league, whether you are a player, a coach, an official, an executive, you're uh, working in the stands. It seems everybody, definitely all 30 teams have been affected by the COVID bug, whether the Omicron variant, the Delta no, I, variant, I don't all think, that. I don't think the Jazz have used their hardship exception yet. I no. was actually reading it. Our, I think they. Yeah, I think Golden State used it once, and I don't think Utah's used it at all. Really? I thought I just saw today that someone went into protocol. But, but regardless, um. The NBA has been stricken with COVID. We've had almost men. Every major all-star you could think of has been stricken with the disease, with the virus. Luckily, people have gone back and, you know, they've changed protocols where you only have to wait as much as five days if you're asymptomatic, I believe. But anyways, the NBA has been extremely different this past month. And now we're still in this phase of people still going down as we're waiting for the surge to come to an end. But guys, what do you think about how the NBA just turned upside down with the COVID um, issues and stuff like that? And do we see this overtaking the rest of the season? Are we going to have more integrity questions when you have people like Mario Chalmers making a comeback and Isaiah Thomas signing 10-day contracts? Or do you think this is just another phase of this, the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's just something to get through until more people are vaxxed or we see surges going down. What do you guys think of how COVID has stricken this NBA season so far? Well, it's going to affect the next bargaining agreement. I think that's coming up in like two years. So mm-hmm. my, my guess is there's two things here. There's, there's the immediate impact and the potential long-term impact. Um, the immediate impact is I imagine after this season, they're going to extend the hardship and the ability for teams to the, the two-way contracts that they can have just to give teams a little bit more leeway because death is depth is clearly going to be an issue now for you know teams making sure that they don't cancel games in the future so that you're always able to draw players up, uh, things like that. That would make sense for the league to do to like expand the ability for guys to like to call up guys for the G League and stuff. Mm-hmm. I imagine it will lead to the expansion of the G League, um, give every team like their own little farming franchise. Um, to, to work with. Like um, and then I think, uh, yeah, like baseball. And then I think the, the ultimate, like really scary, like super bad breaking case of emergency is possibly worried about relocating the Raptors permanently out of Toronto. Really? So completely yeah, because taking especially that the, aspect out. Like that, that's, I mean, this is like the ultimate worst case. If we end up with like, like something that's as as virulent as um, Omicron, but deadly. Like if it's something that if it's especially if the the it's going to keep causing uh, stoppages. Just having a team that's in another country 
maybe more difficult of a thing that can happen, especially if you like, especially if you want to kind of like consider it as a way to, to do like lead into an expansion, like have a Seattle team and then put a team in Tampa or something like that. You could maybe frame it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like, I don't, I, I don't think that's ultimately something that's ever going to happen, but I think at some point should travel end up being more of an issue, especially like it kind of was around Thanksgiving where teams were, uh, where people were, delaying travel because they were afraid of how this this pandemic would spread that is something they might have to consider absolutely you know with the toronto blue jays in major league baseball they had to excuse me temporary relocate to buffalo and they played a big majority of their home games over there and yeah it would make sense if the raptors followed suit and, and I imagine that's why a big reason why the NHL missed a lot of games when the NBA didn't. Like, didn't the NHL yeah. suspend their season? Yeah, they're currently on a break right now. Yeah. But they and they have over six franchises there, a good quarter of all franchises in the NHL up in Canada. You, we see how that's affected them. And, yeah, it's just another footnote in this time period. And hasn't it been interesting seeing the players that they have been signing 10 day contracts, whether you're, like I said, a, a Mario Chalmers or a Lance Stevenson or Isaiah Thomas, all people try to uh, make their strides at comeback. Do you feel that um, any of these replacement players have a chance to, you know, maybe revitalize their career or G league player showing his uh, true skills out there or do you think this will just be an interesting time to to remember when they had all these replacement players i think um i think it'll be a little bit of both i think they may have a resurgence in the temporal situation the circumstance maybe over the next 18 months or so depending on how the covid protocols continue to linger um through the next year and a half or so and if beyond if you know depending on what the league chooses to do um but yeah, I mean, it's going to be more circumstantial. You know, injuries are a part of the game, you know, regardless of COVID and um, guys that um, as the G League continues to expand and grow and get a little more national notoriety, um, there are always going to be players at the top um, of the pecking order that are going to be there for the taking for um, some of these rosters to fill out. So it's going to be compounded by COVID. It'll probably be around for the next at least 18 months where these players are going to be brought up on minimal short contracts. But in addition to that too, you know, injuries are just part of the game. And um, I think that some of these players may case by case will have better situations uh, ahead of them, depending on where their career is at too. But also, I mean, we'll see down the road how, um, how this affects the international game. Um, with migration of players and how it's going to affect maybe the college, um, the drafting process, you know, having something we don't really ever talk about is, you know, the two rounds of the NBA draft, but that may expand in the short-term future. If we see a lot of this recurring over the next 18 months and and longer. Well, it's also going to draw the, the, the scouting reports. It's going to, it's going to force teams to put more into scouting. So there's two things. This grant actually, or, uh, the Ringer just wrote an article about this today, like uh, covering the the impacts of some of these guys. Um, so, so far, the the impact of them generally has been kind of minimal uh, for a plethora of reasons. Um, some of it being uh, they don't really have any time to 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 show up in and practice and stuff. And right. it depends on the impact. Like if you have one replacement guy and four starters, you're probably fine. But if you're running like apparently the Hawks in one game had one starter and four replaced guys. 
Right. Like that's not a good environment either for it. So there are going to be a couple of guys who've stuck around. Um, the guy up in Denver stuck around. Uh, Greg Monroe is apparently doing pretty well in in um, in Minnesota, which I didn't even realize where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's just been so many of these guys. And I look, I've been watching Minnesota. Like I, I'm a huge Anthony Edwards fan. That that kid is going to be really good, and I think he should be on way more national interviews because he's fantastic. Um, but it it varies because. The drop off between like the the average NBA starter and a 13th event guy is very is it's it's like very obvious, like over a long haul. So it's going to depend on um, the situation the guy is in. I think that's kind of why veterans are getting like a little bit more of a, a, a look through. And it also depends on how close you are. Like part of the reason Dallas got Isaiah Thomas was he was in Seattle. Like he was local to that area anyway. Um so it was easier right place, for them right to, to sign them. So there's a lot of uh, other factors. I think the the ultimate thing is they're going to expand the hardship exemption. They may give the the uh, rosters. Maybe they'll let them carry 18 players, but a couple of them will be like official hard stuff. Um, I think it will push for an expansion of the G League. Every team is going to have more scouting, uh, more because it's going to be more important to find those like that undercover guy who can come in and play, you know, like 15 games. The next uh, Brandon uh what the uh, Brandon Jennings or not not Brandon Jennings there was a Spurs guy a couple years ago who was like Brandon Paul um there's like seven people on the planet who know that name <laughs> um <laughs> who like like that like you got to be able to find the, those guys you know maybe scouting the pro am leagues or whatever the these other leagues are to be able to to scout for a guy who can come up in a little bit. it's just going to expand scouting um but look like the drop off between like the NBA's like like a Durant to like one of these guys off the street, it's massive. Like David. So that's what it's going to come down to is, is who's getting replaced, <laughs> and and like and, right. and and like how much who you're replacing them. With. Like the drop off between KD and Joe Johnson is probably a lot much less than the drop off between KD and pick random part, person out of the G League. Mm-hmm. So it it's gonna it's a lot of it is. Well, it and it's also like, you know, do you know the system? Do you, you right. know, how much practice time do you have? Have you played with any of these guys? You know, they're like, like if yeah. you're running, if you're getting called up to Golden State, that's a very different, um, that's a very different program than if you get called up into like Atlanta or or um or Dallas, where where there's like a heliocentric player, where it's kind of just stand in the corner and shoot threes and then hustle your ass on defense versus golden state, which is an entire buy-in, which, which where you need to be cerebral enough to understand what's going on. Or if you get called into Utah, which is a very uh, motion heavy offense. So that's, that's going to impact a lot of it. So it'll be good for other guys to show their, their skills, but a lot of it is really just like circumstantial for most of it. Yeah. Circumstantial is the key word there. I think a lot of the guys that have been kind of journeymen in the NBA, you can kind of plug them in to certain systems. Um, you know, and they, and they can adapt and do fine on a short contract. But again, it's going to depend on if you're talking about two guys replacing for 10 days or so versus, you know, filling out a, ro- a starting roster like the Atlanta Hawks, which is just a terrible worst case scenario. Yep. And also, Bach, just to confirm, the collective bargaining agreement ends after the 2023-24 season with an opt out after the sixth season. So, so it gets very soon. Mm-hmm. They're going to start okay. negotiating it this year. Yeah, so I think it's going to. You'll definitely see who has the who makes the most out of their uh, resources. 
And going on from there, let's see how this pans out as we turn the page into 2022. So first team to talk about and a team that has been extremely negatively affected by COVID-19, where its star in Kevin Durant has been playing literally 48 minutes a night. But as we're recording this the day before this episode is released, Kyrie Irving returns as a part-time player for the Brooklyn Nets. As we are recording this very minute as the Pacers are beating the Nets 49 to 42. And while 13. we're talking about pull-up players, Lance had 20 points in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I see that right here. Man, he really wants to... Uh, wow. Yeah, 22 right now in just nine minutes. Oh, shit. Anyway. I mean, look. Yeah. The person who won for the for this this whole, like, this Omicron surge is fucking Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no way to look at it and say, like, Kyrie Irving didn't win. He's <laughs> He gets to he gets to play whatever he wants for, like, the 10 minutes uh, or the, the 40 minutes. He plays, like, three games a week or seven games a month. Um, I mean, it'll, it'll be a problem ultimately because they're going to be in the playoffs and uh, <laughs> the, the, the new mayor of DC is not changing that the guy's kind of an asshole. Um, it's see, Kyrie's not going to come back for that. So you may or God forbid City? they end up in a, in, yeah, Eric Adams. How's he on 2.0? Huh? No, no. How's he's like, he's, he's such a dick. He just, he's like, yeah, you know, low skill people, they, they, you know, they're not as good as people who work in an office. That was that was like a, uh, almost a word for word quote from like yesterday. Um, <laughs> that's, the way to, that's the way to win hearts of uh, hard, tough nosed New York City people. He's you know he is a, he's a huge check. Anyway, um, <laughs> look, Kyrie lucked out. the uh, The other guys who kind of lucked out for this was, uh, I, I guess, James Harden. Like, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of worked himself back into shape. So the fact that Kyrie was uh, missing for a while certainly made people not like him. But there's other guys like Patty Mills is still really good. Like, I thought Cam Thompson would play a little bit more. Um, but, look, Katie, Katie's more or less fine. They're not going to win. I don't think they're going to win the title without Kyrie. And I don't know how they're going to get Kyrie back unless Katie, like, holds him down at Jackson. Um So, <laughs> I guess maybe playing, maybe if he starts playing with them for a while, he'll be like, hey, I remember basketball. I really like this. This was fun. That was why I came here. And then he'll get back to that. Yeah, we'll see if his uh, training in local gyms will uh, get him truly NBA ready as he's now at the moment, he's eight, two and two in the game again um, in the middle of the second quarter. What do you think about Kyrie um, in general of this situation? Alex, you've been a vocal about your disapproval of him. And now that he like box said, he's getting to play and getting not get away way with it, but. You know, he's luck's on his side at the moment. What do you think of Kyrie's second chance or third chance or 15th chance at this? Yeah, lost count at this point. No, I mean, you know, Bach kind of alluded to it. Um, He's been kind of an opportunist um, throughout this process. He's kind of, you know, sat back and and surveyed things while they were playing out at the beginning of um, the new season uh, amid the pandemic. So um, he's kind of just been taking it month by month and, you know, deliberating with the team about what his options are in terms of playing. Um, you know, at, at a certain point, he's going to have to hear the, he's going to have to face the music because they are going to be in the playoffs and they're going to need him at home. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. You know, only time will tell, but it's not looking um, good for him. 
my, my, my concerns from day one with Kyrie is that the, this was not necessarily just about the vaccine. I thought he was just being a little disingenuous, but um, day after day, he's kind of changed, I guess, society as a whole has kind of changed my mind a little bit about his perspective on things. But even with all that said, um, I think that um, a lot of stuff um, has yet to transpire with the remainder of the season. So um, I hate to give you a non non answer, but um yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's um, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see the next few months. Fair enough. He's the ultimate he's the ultimate load management player. Like <laughs> you can sit KD right. in games when Kyrie's going to play because you can play Kyrie forty eight night forty eight minutes a game for like because he's playing what like if if they're less on a road sweep he's playing like once or twice a week. Um, so he you can yeah. just play him like an infinite amount of minutes. Um. And you can just use him to like rest James Harden because he's sixty pounds. He's or he's not sixty. He's not Zion. Um, you know he's like twenty pounds overweight. Um, or you know maybe KD needs a breather for a day. Like you could just play Kyrie the whole time. Um, it's it's like I'm sure every coach would love to have a player that they could just plug in and be effective, um, like once a week because it, it's like it it's it's essentially playing two K. Like the, he, mm-hmm. you have a character who needs no downtime and can basically just do, I mean, depending on what type of shape he's in. I mean, he's one of those guys who, who could like probably go off randomly. Um, so it, it's like that he, cause he, it's, it would be, it's a very weird thing. And I think I, look, Steve Nash is probably going to do a good job of monitoring uh, the time stuff because they've done a relatively good job with this coaching staff. Um, but it's it's very frustrating that he like locked into this ass backwards. I think like this is the best outcome he could have had. Like the best outcome for Kyrie at this point is um like them like winning games only when Kyrie plays, especially in the playoffs. And and then like like him getting there and then they're like I, I, I don't even know. Like if he's in the playoffs and they win with with him showing up half the time. I feel like that hurts his argument, but if they lose without him, that also hurts his argument because like there's he, his, he, the, the actual argument he's making, he's still wrong. On. But like, if they win without him, well, then they don't have to deal with him as a headache. And maybe they want to move him to somewhere else that where he's going to be less of a headache. Um, so I, I, I don't know how he wins this other than he gets to play a little bit during the time. And he, I, I assume now if they're letting him back into this team, they can't take away the entirety of his contract. Whatever whatever they were taking away, I guess, was home games. I don't remember uh, the, the details on his contract. Because, look, we haven't talked about Kyrie since the start of the season. Um, so if he's playing home games, I wonder how they're, they're, what they're doing for the pay structure. I don't remember if they were, they were still paying him for the, the way games anyway. Yeah, I I don't remember off the top of my head either. But you mentioned about the player moving with Kyrie Irving and a team that has been the next team I want to talk about and a team that's been discussing a couple of um, player movements 
And they also happen to share the same division as the Nets. The Sixers right now, though they're in the fifth, they're at this moment in the fifth spot in the East. There's apparently a a lot of internal issues next to COVID. Obviously, the Ben Simmons saga continues. I read that now he has as much as $10 million in fines for not playing. Wow. Then you have apparently rifts with Tobias Harris rumors, and they might want to move him and um, all other messy things going on there, yet they are still winning games. What do you think about the uh, rumors coming out of Philly? I even read as early as two days ago that the Kings might change their stance and try to acquire Ben Simmons. The trade deadline is about five weeks away. Do we think the Sixers are going to be very busy in that time? Well, they should be. I mean, look, De'Aaron Fox is probably the best player that they're going to get for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, do you I, see I a straight-up one-on-one for that? No, you have to throw. I think it'd probably be like Fox and Buddy Heel, and probably mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley, uh, for like Simmons and like a pick or something. I don't really know who's who's still in uh, Philly. I, I haven't really paid attention to them much this year. I do know Tobias Harris is not good, and he's certainly not worth 180 million dollars over mm-hmm. whatever he's paid. Like it, the best paced case scenario for Tobias Harris is they trade him straight up for CJ McCollum. Um, that's the best trace case for them. But like other, uh, look, I, I said at the beginning of the season, Sacramento was probably going to trade for Ben Simmons. Um, I thought the Raptors might as well, but then Scotty Barnes is really good and they don't need him. Um, mm-hmm. the, the dark horse still remains San Antonio. If we, you know, as long as we keep DeJounte Murray, um, I, I was thinking about this yesterday before, uh, if we could figure out how to get Ben Simmons and miles Turner on in San Antonio without giving up DeJounte Murray and like, Devin Vassell and Jacob and uh, and Primo, I'm 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 happy with that rebuild. Um, but yeah, it makes sense for Sacramento to do this. I think Sacramento is a good place for him. Terry's Harold Burton is really good with the ball in his hands. Um, the only other landing Fox place for if um, the Kings make a trade is for them to send De'Aaron Fox to the Knicks. Which if I if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm like, I'll take fucking De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> Obviously, we really need a point guard after the complete mess up in acquiring Kemba Walker, which we'll definitely discuss later on. But yeah, you think um, if I was Ben Simmons, I would try to make this trade now. As I said, we are in seven figures in fines and with that, wherever, you know, your various reasons, which we've obviously talked about, um, whether we agree with them or not, or believe in them or not, you'd think that to end this pain in the ass time for the Sixers, they would just finally make this deal once and for all. Again, while they can still compete at the um, fifth position in the East, what do you think about the Sixers? Again, also a Ben Simmons critic next to the Kyrie Irving and Alex, but, you know, as this guy still giving all his money away and, you know, the other riffs apparently going on with the Sixers, what do you think about what's going on in Philly? Yeah, I mean, he's talk about someone who's winning from the winning from the public as well as um, as Ben Simmons. No, I mean, he, he he's in the same situation as Kyrie. Um, they're both just acting like children. Um, they're they're whole. I mean, especially Ben. He's holding out and doesn't want um, to take accountability for um, not showing up, you know, for the team and whatnot. I I kind of agree with Bach that there's only really one or two options left on the table for um, places that the Sixers could make moves that Daryl Morey could make moves. Um, I still wouldn't rule out Brooklyn. I know it's a wild, um, it's a long shot, but um, w- with the Kyrie um, situation continuing to unfold, we don't know where that's going to go 
just yet. Um, I think the Kings are pro- the pro- still the probably the most um, opportune situation for both parties. But um, yeah, I mean, going back to the team, I mean, Embiid's just been on an MVP run. I, I, I feel so bad for him because he's got all this weight on his shoulders. Um, but he's been on, you know, 26, 10 and four. Um, I like having Drummond as his backup, taking some time off him um, on the court, but they, they really, um, they got to try to make a move before, um, before the deadline. And I really like, I really like Tyrese Maxey. I think he's one of their blue chip prospects for the future. I think he's going to make a lot of noise and pick up a lot of the slack with that, with that team moving forward. But um, you know, we'll see with Ben. I mean, it, it just drives me crazy because it just like Kyrie, they've enabled this guy since he was at LSU. They'd allowed him to do everything he wanted all the time when he wanted it. And no one's held him accountable. And I, I hate to see, I hate to see the organization cave just for the simple fact that these players have everything they want and then they keep getting away with stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Well, that's the difference between Philly and Brooklyn, like Brooklyn caved. They did. Yeah, right. Philly, Philly is not caved. I don't think they're going to bring. I and I and I don't believe that's just because it's a Philly thing. I think Ben just isn't going to play. And Philly's like, fuck it, we, we don't care. Um, I mean, it, it certainly is hurting their trade value. Um, I mean, they're they're not getting Dame. Like that, Dame is. It, I don't think he's going to ask out. Um, my guess is as soon as they trade Ben Simmons, he'll ask out after that season. I don't think Dame pl- plays more than one more year in Portland. Um, it, but like there's and they're not getting Bradley Beal. Um, I, I don't know. Like, look, the thing with Simmons is Sacramento. Like it's the reason you want to send him to it, like a kind of smaller market team is because the more scrutiny you put on him, the more he, he kind of wilts like, um, you know, him in Oklahoma City would have been really good for him. Um, him in uh, in San Antonio would have been good for him because there would be somebody to hold him accountable. I think if you're Sacramento, you do have to weigh the issues of potentially having somebody to hold him accountable. Because um, I don't think there's anyone there who's like really going to hold Ben Simmons accountable. Like who 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 uh, like uh, is the fucking the Walton guy? Is still their coach? Who is their coach? Is it still Walton? I thought they fired. I don't remember if they fired him. for the Kings. They fired wasn't Luke it, Walton. Wasn't it Dave Yeager? Is it Dave Yeager again? I don't know. I can't like, remember. I don't, I don't look. Have that. that franchise is such a joke. I I look of the of the the past like draft mistakes in the last like like six years. I mean, Bagley over Luca is like is like a decade transforming failure. Yeah, he would have Luca would have revitalized that franchise, and yes, Luke. Walter was fired at the beginning of the year, and it's Alvin Gentry who is the current coach of the oh, Sacramento okay. Kings. But I feel bad for him, man. I, I really like Alvin Gentry. I believe in him. Maybe he is the one. Now let's talk about positive players and players we are excited to make a comeback. Play Tom. What? Shout out to and uh COVID protocols. I'll talk about him later. I'm definitely bringing him up. <laughs> Before we get into that, it was reported that as early as this Sunday, we might see the return of Clay Thompson after a two-year um, hiatus due to injury with the Warriors 
dominating the Western Conference despite the Suns being right behind them and the Jazz, the Warriors are back. Simple as that. And hopefully a returning Clay Thompson can only add on to their value. Are we expecting Clay Thompson to be the same all-star play caliber player? Well, I'll leave that open to interpretation. He is coming back from an Achilles injury that is very vital in the NBA. And not only one, but two. Yes, Kevin Durant came back from Achilles injury, but not from both of them. But um, like I said, I'll throw ACL, to the floor. Let's say it wasn't two Achilles. It was an Achilles and an ACL. Oh, it was a knee injury, the second one. Exactly. Sorry. Um, you're right on there. Yes. An Achilles and an ACL injury. But like I said, do we think Clay Thompson will be Clay Thompson when he returns and he's he going to make a deep impact on the Warriors? I'll throw it to the floor. What do you guys think? Yes and no. He'll make an impact. Is he going to be the same Clay Thompson? I don't think so. I um, look. First off, if it's a just an Achilles injury or an ACL injury, takes about a year in general to to come back fully. And then on top, I don't I don't think we've ever seen anybody have these type of injuries compounding before. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, a lot of what he, like like Clay running like if he can just run around screens and shoot the ball, that that skill's probably always going to be there. Um, the defense is probably. Is I can't imagine it's going to stay the same. Um, but the beauty of it is how how deep and good this Warriors team is. Clay can basically play about as many games as Kyrie does. Like they don't need to run Clay back and have him play forty five minutes a game. Clay can play, you know, once or twice. You know, he doesn't do back to backs. He does, you know, fifteen minute spurts or here and there to just you know get him back into game shape and basically just ramp him up in practice. Um. Because it's not like 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 in the West, there's it's them and the Suns. Like nobody else is coming out of the West unless unless some some freak thing happens. Um, with, <laughs> I, I don't know. They have a they have a lot of won't happen. I, I I don't I, I it's not to I don't think Utah is going to be able to do it. They don't have a wing defender. They need a wing um, defender. Yeah, that that's a that's a that's you know that's usually a problem. Um, but like. They have the luxury because they, they've been there. Like the Suns made the finals last year, but they're still kind of new to this. Like the Warriors, they, they know. Like they've been there. They've done it. They, they've done it with KD. They've done it without KD. Yeah. Like they, they yeah, can I, use the the regular season to kind of ramp him back in. Yeah, that, that was kind of my point. I, I think <laughs> he's not going to – Excuse me. God bless. Um, they're going to, yeah, they're going to work him in, you know, slowly transitioning in. Um, but you know, he's familiar with the system. He's going to be fine. He's not going to ruin the continuity or the chemistry with the young guys or Wiggins or anybody. Um, but I, I think your approach back that you're talking about, um, working him into, um, getting more of the reps in, in practice is just going to be part of the, you know, the routine maintenance for his body because being away from the game for two and a half years is a lot. And guys don't really take, they never take that much time off unless you're KD or Paul George and Paul George had a broken leg, not an ACL. So with that said, it's like, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be rusty, but they don't need him to do play 45 minutes a night, which is great. I would just get him the reps, just kind of, entering and exiting each quarter, you know, maybe for like four or five minutes spurts, get him 20 minutes a night 
great. Um, and, you know, let them come out early when, you know, they're winning, winning, running away against uh, bad teams. So I think that's the, the plan. And um, yeah, like you said, there, there's not really much competition at the very top um, for the, the remainder of the season. So they, so Steve Kerr can kind of um, experiment with the timing and the structure of the, you know, um, in and out of balance with the, uh, with the roster, the remainder of the season, um, getting him his reps. So, uh, because the, I mean, even with, even with Phoenix, like, like you said, they are new to this. Um, you know, I, I just, I just don't know how they're going to handle, um, Deandre Ayton because I don't, I don't quite believe in him as that, that second or third guy, uh, post Chris Paul moving forward. So I still think that they're a little vulnerable and, um, Golden State is completely sound rinse and repeat. They're a very sound team. So I think they'll be fine. And they also have, they have more reinforcements, but the other thing is too, like, we can compare this kind of to the way that they uh, they they bubble wrap Zion that one time when uh, I think his his uh, freshman year when they were basically like cycling him like hard minute limits. The difference with that is Zion needs the ball a lot more. Like you can play Clay for like four or five minutes a quarter or like twenty minutes a night, and he can go for thirty. He can go for thirty yeah. eight in 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 two minutes. Um, it's it's a totally different type of style of play. Like he's not going to be pounding in the post he's the type he's like if there's a style of play where a player can take these type of injuries and come back it's clay style play the real issue is going to come drop off defensively except now they're kind of a little better to take that they can throw wiggins they can throw Otto porter they can throw a kaminga they can throw, you know, they have, a, they actually have like a back line in Wiseman when he comes back. You know, if, if Clay is not there, they can, you know, play Jordan Poole more. They can throw Moses Moody at it. They're like, they're deeper in a way. A lot longer. Right. Where yeah. it's, it's not as bad for like Clay doesn't have to be the, 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 the perimeter stopper supreme. Like they have the, the ability mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. It's going to be more about conditioning with him. That's all. Yeah. The, the real question is how, how well can he move? Like, Right. How much has how much of a step has he lost defensively? Because let, let's be real, that based on just shooting talent, like if he if if Clay could only play on one side of the floor and you subbed him out defensively, the man could play till he's like probably fifty. Um, <laughs> like him and and KD and Steph and probably Dirk, like guys who could just shoot it, like pure pure shooters, they could just play forever. So it and the the other thing is is in like if he comes back more or less. He like whole. He's probably extended his career a little bit. Like the part of the reason Steph is so good could be attributed to the fact that he like lost a season and a half um, from basically like the broken hand, how bad they were. So I mean, this might be a blessing in disguise for him that he, you know, maybe he saved uh, some time wear and tear. But that would basically be, you know, how much does that affect versus how much he's lost. Yeah, I think if you, if you factor in all the the um, continuous playoffs and finals appearances, it probably adds up to a whole other season that he's had on those legs. And that's why he got hurt in the first place. Exactly. Because yeah. they, yep. they played essentially like an extra season. Because like LeBron went, made like 10 play, extra finals. He played like an extra two seasons or something mm-hmm. um, from that. So I, I think the real issue with Clay is, and this is this is something they may like have to really worry about, is if he gets hurt again. Right. Then at that point, at that point, his contract starts to become a problem. Like you, you can't trade him if he's, he's. It may just be like kind of like a Mari, where it's there's nothing you can do about it because he's just he's just going to be 
an injury prone guy at that point. But I look a lot of it's more speculation. We don't know um, because because there's no there's no blueprint for anything like this. Just got to keep collecting. And as we mentioned before, the other two teams are tying this into with the teams, two teams behind the Warriors and the Suns only half a game. And then the Jazz are two and a half games with this team adding Clay. Bach, you believe that the Jazz are not going to be able to hold this to hold this kind of dominance. And um would you say the same thing too, Alex? Do you think the jazz you also agreed with him? The jazz might be nothing, and then the Suns, even though as you said, newer to these games, the players don't have as much playoff experience and stuff. Do you think um basically what we're seeing now in those top three teams, do you think by the time the spring Holt comes around, are these three teams still in the same position? I think relatively more or less. I mean, one team or the other could slide down a couple slots. I mean, Memphis. Golden could State might. Golden State just. Yeah. Just, cool. They're yeah. a little older. They're more likely to rest their guys. Yeah. And Memphis might move up a slot. They might move down, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I mean, um, a lot of a lot of the big hitters are just been have been plagued with injury or guys haven't been ready. So, like the Clippers and Lakers, for example, they're down towards the bottom. And they'll be probably playing extra games in the play in anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think they have too much to worry about. The the one fatal flaw with Utah, I mean, like on paper, they're top to bottom, like the most talent loaded, like best team. But their Achilles heel is they don't have a wing defender, and that's always going to be their issue until they resolve that. So I can't put them, I can't vault them ahead of either Phoenix or the Warriors to move ahead. I think really it's a two horse team in the what teams in the West. Okay, okay. Well, it's it's more than that. So. They, they're deep. Their issues run a little deeper than the fact that they don't have a wing stop. They don't have a stopper, period. It's it's Royce O'Neal. So they're not going to stick Royce O'Neal on like one of those. So to be fair to them, the the guys who normally dominate the playoffs, the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the, the Paul Georges, those big wings are essentially gone. Um, there There's no it, it the whoever comes out and they're and like the biggest threat to them, basically big wise is Jokic. And it's. And I mean, he really might be MVP anyway. Um, like it's basically him and four bums off the street. Um, so like they have a if, if they have a shot to get into the finals, it's this year. They, they can pull a Raptors where teams are hurt and they can kind of like sneak in. Um, but their their defense, like even so we, we know a couple of things. They don't have a wing. They don't have a wing guy, but that's less of an issue this year because there's no like true wing unless they end up playing like Giannis or. Or KD, then that then that's a problem. Um, but the other thing we know is go having Rudy Gobert as like your be all end all for your defense is not the answer against Golden State. They they've been they've lost them what twice now, I think. And then yeah. they lost the Clippers. Yeah. So their answer has been Rudy Gay, who I like. I like Rudy Gay a lot. But if he's your backup center, that's not really like that's not the type of center that where you can like really do something. Um, didn't favors come back? Excuse me. I don't remember, but even I then, that's they not resigned the, him from New Orleans in the offseason, but I could be wrong. I, I yeah, but even but that's but like if you're going small ball, like that's more what I'm talking about. Like right. small ball five yeah. is Ruby Gay, and that's yeah. not really like a, a significant answer anyway. So right. that's that's where it comes into into play. Um, they might have to make a move. Um, a, a guy like Miles Turner would certainly help them. I don't know how they would be able to get Miles Turner. I don't even know who else like they could realistically get. I you know who'd really. That I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but Jeremy Grant is suddenly very important. Yeah. Like, like if you're talking about like a young wing guy who 
who like could push a team over the top. Jeremy Grant on like two or three of these teams could be like a really key, like Utah, the Lakers, um, try, maybe the Clippers. Like if the Clippers, I don't know how the Clippers would get him because I actually do like BJ Boston. Um, I didn't like him in college, but when a team with, with like no uh, real future, just let him chuck around him and uh, Terrence Mann, fuck it. Um, you might as well because you need a deeper bench anyway because for some reason you signed Luke Kennard to $64 million. <laughs> um, <laughs> shooting, like, shooting gets you paid. Shooting gets you paid. <laughs> yeah, but no. Um, <laughs> but like, no, Jaron Grant, it would solve a lot of Utah's problems. I don't really know no. what they would give up to get him. Yeah, and the he's thing out is, like, they need, they need a bigger guard. Like, I don't remember how big I, uh, Donovan Mitchell is, but you, you kind of need somebody else to be your, your, your guard defender. And Conley's too small. Right. Conley is too small. And yeah. he's not like, you're not going to, you're not going to put, you need, they need like kind of like a, like a Pat Bev type. Right. Right. Um, someone who's just going to like haul ass chasing Steph around the court um, or, or hassling. Cause then you, we saw it in the, in the Milwaukee series last year where you get that one wing guy to slow down like a Chris Paul, and it makes a huge difference, and they don't have that. Right. Yeah. Well, um, exactly. Well, nothing. only time's going to tell with that, and at the end of the show, we'll talk about who should make moves (laughs) at the uh, trade deadline coming up, and um, obviously uh, that will be a huge topic over there. But the other team in the West that has been definitely interesting to notice, and it seems that this is definitely an era for this franchise in the Memphis Grizzlies, the fourth in the West right now. John Morant looks like he's the true number one overall pick in the draft two years ago. The true, the this guy who came from a small school, and I don't even know where the place was, but not coming from a power five conference. Yeah, exactly. So this guy is now turning it to one of the more popular players in the NBA. So much fun to watch a real tool player. And now, like I said, for for a franchise that was going nowhere in the Memphis Grizzlies and now they're pretty legit. With the additions of Steven Adams being stellar, especially on the boards, you have Desmond Bain making big moves. Dylan Brooks has uh, been definitely showing his worth. I mean, this is the team that made, especially offensively, you know, they made the uh, set the franchise record, the NBA record, scoring 152 points in, you know, what was it, 72 Point differentiate. Oh, when they beat the Thunder that one game. Yeah. Yeah. The Grizzlies are something else, uh, especially offense. How about this? Are we seeing the growth in a franchise here to stay? Is it similar to what the Warriors were before they started making championship strides? You know, you have the, you add Curry and the Clay, the, um, you had, uh, wow, Draymond. They made the playoffs, didn't advance, and then, you know, they tr- changed coaches and Stephen Kerr. We know what happens there. Is this is this like the 2020s version with the Memphis Grizzlies or what? Do we have to no. s- wait for uh, more things to uh, take no. place? <laughs> no, no, no. They're not that. They're not the new Warriors. First, they're, they're like, well, Jaw's good, but like there's there's. And I was, and I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I was listening to this on the, the Bill Simmons podcast. There's like a legitimate argument that Steph Curry is in like 
the LeBron era level of of conversation, the LeBron like Jordan type, like mm-hmm. type of career, and that like that's what we're talking about with Steph. Now, Ja is very good. I think a lot of his shooting though might be fluky, and they don't also have a wing defender. Um, Dylan Brooks kind of just checks people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean like guards player. them. I mean like physically just checks them. Um, that's the team that could also use like a, uh, a, a Jaron Grant for like a wing guy. Um, but Desmond Bain is very good. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is kind of rounding into form. Um, look, they're, they're, they're young and exciting. Like if you, if you, that's, that's a team that's, you know, they're, I, I don't remember which, which kid they got. I think they got the Stanford kid in the draft. Um, and I think that was uh, the Grizzlies. Like a solid, like Trey Murphy, the third from Virginia. No, that was um. I, did they? Is that who they drafted? No, no, they had like a top ten pick that they took. Hmm. Uh, or maybe it was the Pelicans. I don't remember who had that pick. Um, but they, like, they're they're a little ahead of schedule. And the the thing is, like, don't over pay guys like they like be happy where you are let them develop i think they've done a good job developing organically like, like they, they made a very smooth transition from the the grit and grind to this era and a lot of it has to do with how good ja is but like he can get better desmond bain can definitely get better uh jaron jackson jr can get better like they have good young guys they've done a good job of like drafting with them um the um, i mean it's it's good to be at the i mean they're probably going to make the the top four seats simply now if everyone's healthy next year, are they a top four seed? Absolutely not. Um, they're they're probably six. If I had to rank them, I mean they're certainly like if everyone's healthy next year, Denver's certainly better than them. Uh, the Clippers are better than them with both of their wings. Um, I would assume a healthy Lakers team, whatever variation of LeBron and AD, is better than. Them. Um, so, I mean, this is another team that might. Like they might overachieve this year, they might make it out of the first round. But to be like aware that, you know, it's better to go organically growth than to like blow it all trying to get like Bradley Beal or something. Um, be aware of like it's better to like do the slow and steady. It's probably closer to like an Oklahoma City thing mm-hmm. than it is to a uh, oh we're suddenly good overnight like the Warriors. Okay, okay. Do you feel similar or dissimilar, Alex? Do you have jaw fever? I mean, I got jaw fever. I had him number one overall over um, Zion when he got drafted just because I wasn't sure about Zion's durability and his weight issues and whatnot. Um, and you were right. Yeah. No, I mean... Hey, I, listen, I, there's a really good jambalaya there. That's what happened. <laughs> like, I think if he went to, like, Cleveland, he would not be as fat. <laughs> <laughs> he would just be depressed. <laughs> yeah. No, I... Um, yeah, I mean, and the games move towards guard play, all guard play. That's no, that's definitely no secret. I think that they have a lot of ingredients that Golden State started with, you know, good drafting prospects, um, a really strong front office, um, building for the future constantly. They have kind of a gritty, tough nosed head coach. And I feel like they have a lot of the, the right building blocks for the right culture. Um, but at a certain point, you know, not only are they going to have to pay Ja, which is coming down the road sooner or later, but also a lot of the guys that they've drafted have been three and D guys, you know, C plus players as much as I love Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson. Um, but they're, they're going to have to get this co-star and it, 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 it starts with, it starts with, you know, thrusting yourself, positioning yourself as a better landing spot, um, a better market. And, you know, to the credit of a lot of these, you know, 
a lot of these free agents and these players, like they're more willing than ever to go to other markets, but there has to be some kind of sales pitch on behalf of the players and the organization to make that happen. So at a certain point, I think Ja, if he hasn't already been doing it already, he's going to have to reach out to maybe some of the, you know, free agents in the next two to three years um, window um, and seize on this opportunity. Otherwise they're going to be out in the first or second round uh, recurringly. Well, they, they need a number two, like yeah, Ja can be a number one. I mean, Desmond Bain could possibly grow into it. I mean, the kid's still, I think he's still relatively young, but he's like, this is shooting is stupid. And the, the stuff they're doing with him is a lot. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is never going to be like the the, the, the top, like Evan Mobley is going to be better than Jaron Jackson Jr. And they're like essentially built the same. Um, uh, that That's like the thing. Like they need that number two, but I don't think they need to go out and get it now. I think they have, right. you know, and, and like you said, they have a lot of like, solid players so it's kind of easier to build like a little bit of a uh of of a trade package around them um you know if you're given uh what the fuck is it brandon clark is that the the the, the bouncy guy they got out of uh, villanova a couple of years ago um you know him and like a dylan brooks package with like maybe some picks or something to get like I, I, I get to do like a CP3 type of thing where you get that one guy who's maybe a little bit older or maybe you get like trick boston into getting jalen brown um, immediately ruling like out that. they can't be the next Warriors, or you just don't feel like they're currently constructed that way. What does that mean? Be the next Warriors? Are we talking about a team that went to five straight finals? Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, like they they show a lot of the same foundational building blocks. Like they they do well in drafting. They don't have um they had they have you know uh, a, a super talent point guard out of a small school. They have the right front office. They have a solid coach. Like they have a lot of the same ingredients, but they don't necessarily have that co-star yet for Ja. I think that's more of like a Portland thing than it is Golden State. Hey, the, yeah. the, the fear is they end up like Portland. The goal would be <laughs> to, to be more like Oklahoma City, like the the, right. the the big three Oklahoma City than it is the Golden State. You're not going to be gold. They 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 broke basketball for a while and <laughs> it took like historically it took the greatest shooting backcourt to be that good. Like the, a lot of things fell into place for them to end up as good as they were. Now they could certainly be a good team. The question is they're going to, I mean, they're, they're, they don't have like the super generational, like jaw is never going to be the top five player in the league. But you know, it, you don't need to have the top five player. Like look at the bulls. Like if you go and get like a DeMar DeRozan in like two years, you're still like a solid. You, that could make all the difference. They want could be top row. ten in the next few years. That's the thing too, and that's good. I don't know about top. You, that's, look, if we're talking, so like off the top of my head, that I could probably name like five or six guys: like Katie, Jokic, uh, Curry, LeBron, Giannis, um, Luca, who are like like over. Like, I think his sure, he's huh? probably like top fifteen. But yeah, like but here's the thing, you kind of start tapping out around six or seven because LeBron's not going to be around much longer. You well, know? right, that's why you get a couple of years. But then we're not. I yeah. didn't say Devin Booker or um, Donovan, right, I, right. like Donovan Mitchell. Who knows? Yeah. You know, uh, we we don't know how good some of these these like look. The rookies are getting better. Like this rookie class is very good. Um, very, the yeah. next one is going to be very weird. Um, <laughs> but like. The some guys, some guys could pop, and we're not, we're, we're not like ready for it. Like we don't know. Like in two to three years, we could talk about Evan Mobley being a top ten player. Like we don't know 
some of or or fucking um what's his face Jalen Green or Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, I was gonna say. Um, yeah, or, look at or, or, or Jalen Suggs figures it out and is and becomes the better rookie besides uh, uh Franz uh, Wagner. Like to to just project him as a top ten player right now, a lot of it is based on the fact that his shooting numbers kind of don't seem sustainable. Um, kind of like how they were before he went down. So that does also seem to to be an impact on it as well. Yes, the guys shot shooting their shots and they're scoring and. We'll see what happens as we continue for a team that has not been uh, making anybody happy. They're slowly turning back into what many people said they were meant to be. And the New York Knicks, despite a great win yesterday for the first time, where the first time you had Julius Randle and and RJ Barrett score 30 points each. Yet, uh, People don't seem confident in them. And as a big Knicks fan, as you know, I don't feel the same. Um, you know, you feel confident or you don't feel confident? No, I don't feel confident. I'm concerned. I think if there's any chance that this Knicks team has a chance to sneak into the playoffs, <laughs> it would have to be them making a big move at the deadline. The Knicks are not looking good. But hey, if you have games like yesterday, reckon they are against a struggling Indiana team. I guess you could uh, feel more confident, see what happens after the All-Star break. But the Knicks, do you think they are on their way to oblivion after some misses in uh, offseason moves where Kimball Walker is out of the rotation and you have uh, Evan Fournier not playing up to his potential. What's up with the Knicks and Mitch Robinson having major issues, um, injury issues again. Derek Rose is also out. So yes, the COVID bug has hit them. The injury bug has hit them. The Knicks are uh, fighting for survival. Do we think that they will be able to survive? Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I'm going to be honest because I've, I've been preaching this since last season. The Knicks overachieved last year. Like, it looks like that's very accurate at this point, especially more prevalent now. I, I thought now. this would happen earlier, but their their defense on the numbers of sh- uh, on the opponent's shooting point percentage for threes last year was stupid. It was like like historically bonkers, like how off it was. It was like uh, opponents on wide open shots were missing them at like ten percentage points higher against the Knicks for like no apparent <laughs> reason, like like no Mind apparent reason, and it just never went down. But like the good news is they don't really have bad contracts. Um, now yeah. this is likely to change. And the part of the reason is that is they've essentially fucked up every draft prior to the RJ one. Um, you know, they don't have Porzingis. They, uh, they wasted Frankie smokes. Um, I don't know if Kevin Knox has played a game this year. No, nope. uh, he's still on the team, but also out of the rotation. Uh, you, uh, you get the one so back. You're, you're looking at, I think you have to extend RJ ne- next year. Probably. Yeah. And I don't know what you give him. I think if you give him, Four for a hundred. That's probably about right. Uh, Mitch Robinson's more of a question. He, you got to give him like whatever you give him has to be like incentive lanes with the with the stuff like that. Um, but look, you only like. There's no reason to bring Kemba back. Um, I think the no. thing they have to do is. I wish they could they, trade him. Yeah, but no, no one should no, trade him. Yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they they have to go for like De'Aaron Fox. I mean, they're definitely a team that's du- that's dumb enough to trade for Ben Simmons. Like when I say dumb enough, I mean like like a team that would throw a whole bunch of shit at Ben Simmons. But I yeah. don't know what they would have that would that the uh, the Sixers would want. Like you're not trading Ben Simmons straight up for RJ. 
Um, and then everything <laughs> else they have is a big. Uh, I mean, they, they, look, uh, Obi, Obi's, I think, is doing okay. Uh, I paid like, yeah, he is holding his own to like the extent of the next. But uh, Julius Randle is that contract's probably going to be a problem because that was like such an overachievement of last year. And then we saw in the, in the playoffs that he's basically a pumpkin. Um, so look, last year was an overachieved. Uh, at this point, you got to like figure out who's, who your actual rotational pieces. Um, you, you, you chalk the, the Kemba thing up to a bust. Maybe you could trade Derek Rose for a pick or something. Um, and go after De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox will make a huge difference in uh, your team. But I, I you know, this is more you coming back down to earth than you being doom and gloom. And look, even this Knicks team coming down to earth is better than you've had in so this is what like 2013, that one team that lost to the Pacers in the second round. Yeah, but the with the mellow Omari, um, the good old days there. You're right. I think um you know, we were just, you know, how emotional we can get in this tease. And, you know, if this would, we, if we slowly rebuild and keep going and going in the right direction, at least, especially with Thibbets at the helm, I guess it would be a better sense of acceptance as, you know, the garden has been revitalizing and, you know, the Rangers are the best team in the NHL. You want the Knicks to be legit too, but, um, you know, uh, this really is the jury's still out. Let's see if they can rack up some wins as we approach the all-star game and then we'll reevaluate there. And I want to talk about Alex's Lakers before we talk about who needs to make uh, moves at the deadline. Alex, where LeBron is playing on an MVP type level, that is not resulting in some wins, though they have won their last three games. There was a really bad skit, especially the end of December. And when, again, another team that got really hit with the COVID bug and then Anthony Davis struggling to stay on the courts, it must be tough. And then you see uh, LeBron walk with that. Everybody getting traded. Look, is that what you want too, Or do you think, uh, you know, maybe something good is going to happen and maybe they'll keep winning. Like I said, on a three game winning streak, maybe they add to it. Maybe it's an eight game or a nine game. And then Lakers are back with that team at the beginning of the season. Everyone said it's so old, but what do you say? Yeah, no, I mean, they have all the issues that I prognosticated at the beginning of the season. They would have, you know, they're old, they don't play defense. They turn the ball over and they're not a very good shooting team. And all three, three things are, are true at the same time. Now look, Anthony Davis right there. That's how you would get. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's the unholy Trinity right there. Um, Anthony Davis has not stayed healthy. He's not taking care of his body in the off season that I hope he had wanted to that. They had one and two and hoped for. Um, LeBron's been on an amazing tear, but it's not sustainable. 37 and seven for the season. Um, he's just been phenomenal. He can't really do much more. And they just can't. I, I, I was so fearful. I knew that this was the wrong um, the wrong decision when they elected to not bring in Buddy Heal. I knew that it was um, a subtraction by addition when they brought in Russell Westbrook. I, he's just a taking time bomb. He makes poor decisions. He has his entire career. He's never quite contributed to winning basketball, and it's bearing itself. And LeBron is, is pissed about it because – he thought that he could change his ways. Obviously, he couldn't. I knew he couldn't. Um, I kind of said it first. And they're going to have to limp into the playoffs. Um, they're probably going to have to play through um, the play-in tournament. Um, 
but they don't have assets to give up. I like some of their key role pl- role players. Like I do like um, Malik Monk. I do like Austin Reeves, the rookie out of Oklahoma. They do have some nice pieces, but at the end of the day, they're just they're just guys. So they're going to have to try to get healthy. They're going to have to try to add a little cohesion, but they've played the easy stretch of their season. They have the third toughest remaining schedule of the season. So um, they're going to have to pull up their bootstraps. I oh, can't say some things about this too. Cause like I, I went to, so um, I really like them signing Stanley Johnson. Um, I think as like a guy who goes out there and hauls ass on defense and then we'll maybe hit a couple shots. I think he's like a solid pickup. I do like them signing Darren Collison as well. Um, apparently, they did try to trade Westbrook. Um, but again, you're right. The trading trading for Westbrook was a mistake. Not even just because Buddy Heal it fits better, but they could have kept Caruso or they could have kept yeah. KCP. I don't remember who was in the what the the buddy trade was what uh, Kuzma and Montreal was KCP in it or something. Either way, they they could have kept Caruso. KCP that Kuzma. Yeah, so like they could have kept some pieces, and that would have Caruso's let been killing it. And um, oh yeah, we placed his ass off. It's all effort. Yeah. I mean, when you, I mean, every year LeBron has been there. The best pairing <laughs> was LeBron and Caruso because he's one of those guys who just knows how to play basketball and hustles. Yep. Um, so it was like, look, the other thing you, this is, this is a ray of hope for the Lakers. Russ sucked at the beginning of last year. Um, and then he figured it out halfway through around the all-star break. Um, it is possible that happens again. And add certainly adding AD back will fix some of your issues. It's, it's not a long-term solution. I guess if everything ultimately clicked, this team could potentially win a title. Um, just just in theory of LeBron figuring it out. Like you have the the talent. Yeah. Or the, at least the names, the whether they fit together or not. Look, the other thing is like, why would you have kept Taylor Horton Tucker over or, over Kuzma? Like he's terrible. He's oh, so bad. Yeah. I can, well, I can he's t- shooting 24% from three-point range. <laughs> I can tell you why, because he's a clutch client, but go ahead. But that but like that's dude. It's, I know it's ridiculous. LeBron might have like unless he leaves. He, I don't know if he's winning a fifth one. I don't think he is. Like this is like if you're talking about a team to surprise win a title, like this is kind of the year. Like think about who's out. Like Brooklyn's not at full health. Um, we don't know what we're getting from Clay. There's no there's no Kawhi and Paul George. There's no uh, Dallas is is perpetually a mess. There's no Denver, so you're basically assuming that there's two big guys you're really gonna have to worry about. It's either Joel Embiid, who that team's not going to make it out, or Giannis, who, you know, I guess in theory you could kind of handle eventually. Um, but like, this is the most wide open it's been for having so few teams capable of winning. There's like legitimately four teams that can win it. It's Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Gold, uh, Gold State and Phoenix. Like I, I don't know who else you would consider would have a shot at the title. Um, it's it, maybe somebody else in the East, it's Chicago possibly, but um, I, I don't think. And nobody in Chicago has ever won like anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> nope. So, I mean, I look, I, I, I could in theory they could make it. They, they're a solid team, and you know, people like, oh, DeMar's actually good. It's like, yeah. 
we were just he didn't fit in San Antonio, but he was right, like right. doing the point the the point forward thing and playing that small ball four and and leading the league at the clutch stuff. Like so, it's not like this is news to me. I've been watching him yeah. do it for like the last three years. Um, so look, there there's there's a ray of hope in that West figures it out in the second half as he has done the last couple of years. But like, it was I don't know who made the decision to to do this trade, but it was a mistake because there's like no way to move him either. Like you're not gonna like you're not gonna trade him back to Houston. Houston's no, not gonna too much of a cap hit. You gotta you gotta you gotta match assets. And they can't do it. it. And and who's like who realistically is going to trade for? It? Like the only team that like even if we're not even talking about teams like let's let's pretend the cap thing isn't an issue. Like who's gonna who needs a point guard? The Knicks? Like you think the Knicks we'll are gonna him. trade for Russ? <laughs> you know, you think I'm you about can convince that. maybe the Pelicans to trade for us? Maybe get like Brandon Ingram back and like uh so like uh you know what? You know, you know, you know what the Knicks trying to um, take Russell Westbrook off our hands. It's kind of like a really, really hot car getting into a car accident. It's like, ooh, I got the hood. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's it, like it went through hell and back. And it's like, oh well, we got still this nice part. Yeah, it, it it's not working with Westbrook. Westbrook. Who says no first? Westbrook for some combination of uh, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, and like Nerlens Noel. Who says no? If if that if if I'm the Let Lakers the Knicks picking up that no call, first. you think the Knicks hang up, or if the if the Knicks call the Lakers, did they hang up? Like who hangs up in that situation? Well, the Knicks hang up because if they really want any chance of growing into a legitimate franchise, then you don't give up those players, especially RJ. At least that's how I would handle it. And then uh, Russ be Russ. But speaking of trades and the trade deadline. The last thing we'll talk about is who needs to make these moves. Um, we started a little bit talking about maybe if the Lakers could somehow trade Russell Westbrook, that would be ideal, but that likely isn't going to happen. But whether you are maybe the Heat or maybe the Cavs who keep winning, or if you want to be, or maybe the Mavs or, you know, which teams do you think can realistically make a deal to revitalize their season? And I talked about how much I think the Knicks, that's the difference of them making a run this season and sneaking into the playoffs is making a crucial deal, especially at the point card position. But who else or what other ideas are out there? Do you guys think when it, in terms of who needs to make deals coming into this deadline, which is about a month away? I got a big one. Uh, yeah. San Antonio does a four-teamer with Dallas, Indiana, and Philly, where uh, Dallas ends up with Ben Simmons and Jakob Portal. Um, San Antonio ends up with um, with uh, Miles Turner, and then the other two teams figure it out. Um, they get, like, Derek over. White, and, <laughs> like, uh, uh, Derek White goes to, like, uh, whichever team wants Derek White, you, you can't have. Uh, and then Lonnie Walker goes to one of those teams. Look, Dallas figuring out how to get Ben Simmons or um, or or Indiana gets Porzingis. I think Indiana would have ultimately end up with Porzingis and then Derek White ends up in Philly. And then that's kind of how you shuffle all of that. But uh, Porzingis tried and trade Porzingis to get uh, Ben Simmons. You have to pull a third team in. But Dallas getting Porzingis or uh, Ben Simmons would be a big one for them. Uh, I think the biggest trade piece is going to be Jaron Grant um, from Detroit. 
yeah, yeah. unless unless Ben Simmons moves it, or game decides that he's done with playing with CJ. Um, and even then, I don't know like how many teams CJ moves the needle for. Jaron Grant's going to be the biggest name probably moved if it's not Ben. Uh, Kevin Love might actually be moved. I don't think the Cavs need to make a move. Like they're still super young, and their their team works for some incredibly stupid reason. Um, yeah, right. And Kevin Love's and, had some games where he was the number one scorer for the team. He's he could definitely be that veteran presence for some team. Yeah, yeah no, he, he can still contribute. Yeah, there's like like maybe maybe we see this like I don't th- other than like the CJ Kevin Love I don't really see them like changing that much like Kevin Love probably will be moved. Um, ben Simmons is probably going to be moved. Um, I I would like if I was a team in uh, in looking for like a like a low cost center, I would tr- I would look for Jakob Pertl. I think he's a he's a guy who would help a lot of teams. Like he's a really solid big man who who he's averaging like multiple assists a game. He's, he's a solid. And then Derek White is is a guy who look, he's he's not great. <laughs> he, he isn't. I think if you uh he he was good that one year in the bubble where he, he yammed all over uh, Jokic. We took the the uh the nuggets to seven. Um and then he's been bad ever since. Like <laughs> we would kind of need him because our other ball handlers really like like Devin Vassell's not a not a point guard. Um uh, Josh Primo's like 12. Um Trey, Trey Trey Jones is like a is a backup like like just like his brother, um. So like and Dejounte Murray is really fucking good. Like he's he's the best defensive point guard in the league. He he's either number one or number two in in rebounding point guards. Um, still can't really shoot, but he'll figure it out. Um, but that that's a team that has something like guys that can be moved. I think Lonnie Walker probably could be moved, but I think the big pieces are whatever happens in Indiana. Like if I'm looking if I'm looking at Indiana, I'm trying to get me Miles Turner. Like every team needs a Miles Turner. Oh yeah. Uh, um, except, except honestly, the Lakers because you kind of have a better version in AD. Well, um, yeah. And but everyone else needs a Miles Turner. I don't know how else you get. Like that's where I'm calling. Or you know, I could kind of see them like stealth stealing, uh, stealth dealing Lavert, but I don't really know how much value he has. Like I don't know how much he contributes to making you winning. Mm-hmm. Or like like a Malcolm Brogdon. Like if 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 the Knicks got Malcolm Brogdon, that would be a really big plus. Like that's an under the radar name. That like if Dallas got out Malcolm Brogdon, they would be pretty happy. Like he's like whatever the best version of Jalen Brunson could be. Like he's a he's a very good point guard, and he's 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 what De- Spencer Dinwiddie thinks he is. <laughs> and honestly, Washington might have some pieces too because they got some. They they they're a little clogged up. Uh, think they would trade, even though they uh, reckon they were on top of the East. That like we they were when we first. Oh, that met. that complete fluke. Yeah, they um they're only a game above five hundred at this point in the seventh spot. Um, really bad away record as I'm looking at right here. But I guess so. If you really like no wanted reason. to, There's they really are pretty no reason legit. for them to make a trade. I don't think Rui's played a game. <laughs> Not yet. So like they have like some like for a team that's drafted mostly in the back half of the lottery the last couple of years, they have some nice pieces. Like oh, yeah. Denny is Denny's turned into a good defender and Rui's actually kind of good. Um but like they're not a, a a bad like they could they still have room to grow. They're still like relatively young. Um I don't think Thomas Bryant's played a single game yet. So I think their their point guard is um is, their their center's been Montrose Harrell. And David Bertans is is only good at shooting like uh, once every three games. So, you know, that, that contract sucks. I wonder who says no to this trade. Uh, David Bertans for Joe House. 
I think that would be beneficial for both sides, especially they can. They make essentially the same amount of money. Yeah, and they both contribute to their teams in different ways. No, it's the exact. They're they're essentially the exact same player. The difference is Joe Harris is really short in comparison, but but Bertans (laughs) doesn't. He can't guard anybody, and he can't he can't rebound. But we've never seen him shit himself in the fine in the playoffs. So that's the the real question. Do you think? Do you want to pay Bertans versus Joe Harris? (laughs) Yeah, sign me up, Alex. What do you think? What do you think? Who needs to make moves to make give their teams a chance? Well, I mean, there, there's there, there's clear teams that are fringe contenders that would definitely benefit from players, but there's there's not a lot of open, you know, there's not a lot of guys in the open market. Like Jeremy Grant would definitely be the one that should, everybody should be penning in. Um, the Indiana situation is very different, uh, very difficult because they may want to blow it up, and Miles Turner will be back, you know, would be on the market. I think Karis Levert would too, would be too, right? I think they're looking to move everybody. They don't. They right, right. the only piece that they probably aren't moving is their rookie. It's the bonus. No, it, I think it's the rookie. I don't think Rick Carlson likes the bonus. Um, <laughs> oh, I think I think he likes the bonus. Well, I mean, his numbers aren't anywhere near the same as they were last year. They they've changed his usage rate. They, they, they've more. regressed. Yeah, but they've also. I mean, they've had injury, but. Either way, I mean, yeah, they're probably going to clear the clean house. So I think everybody's going to be showing up to that yard sale. Um, I, I mean, even even their rookie in theory, like, could be traded pretty easily because he's twenty four. Like he's right. like he's a rookie, but he's an older rookie. So like, right. I think if someone if if somebody offered them like like if Cleveland said, hey, we're going to give you a first rounder for him, I think they take that trade. Or if or if or if uh, the Pelicans said, hey, we'll give you one of the Lakers first rounders form maybe they take that trade like i could like i don't think there's anybody on the pacers team that's considered untouchable i think the real issue with that team is they're not going to bottom out like their their ownership does not want to bottom out yeah and i think you don't bring in rick carlson to bottom out yeah rick carlson yeah i know yeah i and and you got to kind of immediately rule out a lot of the teams in the Eastern Conference if if they are going to part ways with a lot of their players from the roster. I, I think the Lakers and the Nuggets are probably the two teams that I would expect to make a move, um, just because that roster for Denver is basically on life support. Everybody's out. Um, Jokic's been unbelievable, but he's been having no help. And then you know the Lakers just for this the mere fact that you got one or two years left out of LeBron, you want to get every ounce of juice you can get left. Um, try to win another chip. I I think I, I think the Portland experiment is pretty much over. I feel bad for Chauncey because he just got there five minutes ago. Um I I, I would have liked to have a full year, you know, unintended with um with with uh with Dame, but I, I think that, that ship has sailed already. I think he's looking elsewhere. So I I would I would definitely exclude them. Um but I, I think it's really Denver and, and the Lakers have the most to gain. I don't. Right. I don't think Denver's making a move. I think. I think that really the biggest move is going to be Ben Simmons to Sacramento. Like we can agree that's like the most likely trade destination for him, because uh, I don't think the Timberwolves are going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not ruling out that a lot of these teams that are like right around the fringe of the playoffs could make moves, but just in terms of teams that could make that jump to contender, I think it's between LA and Denver. Just in that conversation. Oh, I don't think Denver makes that jump. I think the, the biggest team that makes a jump is, is if Utah gets Jaron Grant or they figure out how to get a wing. You know, another team that might actually make a move is uh, Atlanta because they got a lot of 
like they got a lot of young guys and they're kind of overlapping into the same position, then at some point you're going to have to pay them all. Um, so maybe you package like the Jalen Johnson or you package the, uh, the Cam Reddish or the, 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 uh, DeAndre, sure. like the, you have like, like six guys who play like the same exact position that yeah. like three, four wing. Um, and you yep. can't pay them all. Like you can't pay Bogdanovich Gallo, uh, Reddish Hunter and Jalen Johnson at some point. Like that's, that's right. right. So that may be a team a couple of years down the line that maybe, you know, somebody, somebody sneaks up. I still think Cam Reddish is going to be really good. I think um, so too. There's also like Houston has some pieces. Um, you know, there's other than like their rookies. Um, I don't think I think anyone else on that that team is tradable. I think Christian Wood is tradable. Um, I think Eric Gordon's tradable. Um, John Wall's probably getting bought out, like for, like, like for reals. Um, and then and I don't even like nobody's paying attention to, to Toronto, but like Siakam could be tradable. I don't know who wants it. I don't know who gets I like that. That's a piece. And then I think Goran Dragic is still on that team. Um, he's probably getting bought out. Mm-hmm. So there, there are pieces that are like bouncing around, um, but they're, you know, it's, it's kind of like seeing, I think a lot of teams are going to be in a, like a way you, I don't think Denver makes a move because their real issue is oh, we're just not healthy. Like there's no point in pushing <clears throat> our, our future it, uh, chips into the, into the pile when we're, we're not going to win a title anyway. Like, Let's let's try to develop like bowl ball. Let's develop uh, bones. Let's develop. I don't even fucking know who else is on that that, that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's Jokic and like four guys off the street every night, and and Eric Gordon occasionally. Um, so I don't see them really making a move because it's not really worth it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. We were we're gonna check in in a few weeks to see where these deals, if and when are they gonna happen. I just want to thank you guys again, David Bach and Alex Rinello. Thank you so much for doing the amazing things you guys do. Any final words before we sign off? We doing plugs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you got to say? Yeah. All right. I uh, I do uh, Fresh Faces New Ideas. When I'm not doing this, I do politics talk. We generally do uh, shows at 5 p.m. EST to 7 p.m. That you can find me at twitch.tv slash Fresh Faces New Ideas. You can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas. If you go there, it has a link to everything that I do. I'm generally pissing off conservatives on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm yelling at stupid people on uh, Twitch. So mm-hmm. if you want to you want to join that, uh, definitely come and hang out. We definitely support that the whole way and the yelling at the dumb people. And what about you, Alex? Man, that's tough to follow. Oh, boy. Um I got a show coming up in the spring with um, with my Going Places Art Collective. We're going to be in Hartford at um, the local art tattoo studio um, on New Park Avenue. Um, we're looking for submissions. If you know any artists, creative people, submit. Check out Going Places Art Collective on Instagram and submit now. All right. Excellent. Well, Alex and Bach, pleasure as always. We'll check in in a few weeks and we'll see if these deals are going to be made or there's some complete surprises. Until then, I appreciate the both of you and you guys have a great night. Alex Rinelli and David Bach, thanks again. See you later. Take care, boys. Alex and Bach, great stuff. Great stuff, gentlemen. We appreciate you coming on and thank you for doing a stellar job as always. 
Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at PodConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're back on Monday. Sorry, no, we're not. We're back on Tuesday. Tuesday, January 11th to be exact. And the reason for that is we are going to be talking all things NFL. We are previewing the NFL playoffs. Big deal show. We're going to talk about every single matchup, the coaching firings that will definitely take place on Black Monday as per usual. And we're also going to just talk about the future of the league, where things are going. I will definitely be ranting about my New York Giants and the disgraceful season they had. Legit disgraceful they literally are the worst team in the nfl in 2021 and that's a damn shame for a team that people thought that they they would win the division or at least make the playoffs dead last in offense atrocious on defense you have a legit fool as a head coach and here my honest thoughts on tuesday as we again we talk about all things with the wild card matchups and previewing the nfl playoffs we're going to do a show every tuesday for the rest of the month of january and the first two weeks of february all on the nfl so it's going to be a special time and I really think you all enjoy it. I really do. And we will definitely give our best effort the whole way. So again, until Tuesday, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I love and appreciate every single one of you. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there. And yeah, NFL playoffs are about to take place, baby. And we will see you all very, very soon. Peace. All she needed was some...